Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner, and we have divisional round playoff games to recap. We've got some headlines. The Cleveland Browns have officially hired their head coach in the NFL. Who he brings with him, all of that we're going to discuss, and one of the. One of the candidates that two years ago was on the high list for head coaching jobs has now lost his second offensive coordinator position in the last two years and has fallen from grace. Very interesting uh, on the John DeFilippo news that happened just a few minutes ago before we started recording this podcast. So let's start off with the Kevin Stefanski news, which is that he is the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This was the one coaching hire that we were kind of waiting on. We talked about Josh McDaniels here a lot. We knew that Stefanski was in the running, uh, was one of the, the favorites here. But the big thing that came out, and I want you guys to both react to this, and Jake specifically because you obviously have a lot of intel on this. What was asked of Stefanski and what will be asked of this coaching staff moving forward from ownership where you're turning in game plans on a Friday to the ownership team and the analytics team, right? How bizarre is that in NFL landscape? Because I think the casual fan doesn't really necessarily know what goes on behind closed doors. So kind of let them into how that dynamic might be different from what is regular. Let's analyze the whole thing. Aslam has to have a press conference to see himself on TV and say, we're only going to interview head coaching candidates with experience. That was two. McDaniels and Schwartz were both terrible head coaches when they were, and both probably deserve to be head coaches again and, and will be. But McDaniels is in a great situation where he doesn't have to go, whatever you tell me I got to do, I got to do and take the job. Everything pointed towards McDaniels and the personnel guy there, they're both from Cleveland, they bring it all together and you can pick your GM, which is the weirdest thing ever too. But the only team in the league where the head coach has to meet with ownership is, is Cincinnati. Yeah, we've talked Marvin Lewis sat down on Fridays with, with ownership and did the game plan. Now, this is so much past that and so much worse and crazier than that. You have to sit down with the analytics team for what? For them to, to give you their game plan of what you should do as a coach? That's why you hire a coach with experience. So it goes with his gut because the analytics just bit Baltimore in the ass, right? Analytics were fine during the regular season. It's a different game in the playoffs. You have to have a coach that's been there and done that and says, yes, I'm going for it right here. I feel it. No, I'm not going for it. I don't really give a damn what a bunch of number crunching analytics guys say. Yeah. This is so weird and why the Browns are going to stay the Browns, in my opinion, because they're broken from the top down, the ultimate top, and that's Haslam. Every ownership group has different stuff that head coach has to deal with. Yeah, Whether you're – you know, having cocktail parties with season ticket holders, sweet holders, cool, no big deal. That's kind of college-ish, but some some have a smaller like smaller market and yeah. more of a quaint setting. That's cool, no big deal. Some of them you have to meet with the owner on on Tuesday or Friday and go over the game before and meet you know what's what's coming up. But to sit down on a Friday after you put a game plan in all week 
and then explain it to the analytics team and the ownership. Submit a game plan. Would yeah. it submit for approval. That's that's what I took Is this away. Like a like, thesis in your master's, you. like like that's the word. Like the word yeah. "submit" really threw me for a loop because I'm sitting there and I'm going, "Okay, if you hire a head coach and he has to submit anything to you, you hired the wrong human being because he shouldn't have to." seek approval from people who don't have more experience than him. Like I cannot imagine building seek approval like, experience. Like what? There's no experience. What the hell do they know about game plans? Like, what the hell I, do they, they haven't like, self they, they haven't like, advanced so scouted the team they're playing or been in the meetings for a hundred hours that week putting the game plan together. What are they gonna look at? Not only that how do they know what the yeah. game plan is? They look at it and say, no, in these situations, your fourth and three plays or third and four plays don't look like they should. This and I'm not trying to say – let me be very clear. I think analytics play a very important part in sports in tandem with what is knowledge, what is background, what is experience. It can be used. If I was a head coach and I had to go submit my head my game plan to a bunch of people who have never, ever coached football, and then I'm supposed to sit there and go, okay, I have to change everything that I did. If there are suggestions or things that are maybe backed by numbers and it's more long-term, I I at least hope that a head coach would be interested to listen to it, but this makes it feel like he has to do it. It's the other way around. The head coach gets the analytics report to To him him for the use of when it's time to use it. That's exactly Cool, because I do think there's a place for it. Absolutely. More in the Oakland A's in baseball and money ball than I do in the NFL. Agreed. Do you think Bill Belichick's looking at his sheet? No. Do you think Andy Reid's looking at his sheet? No. No, they're going with their gut and the experience of what they've had, the feeling that they have in that game from their team. So don't give me this that they can they can give me the narrative all they want. This Stefanski won the job. He was second to Freddie last time. And a lot of people wanted him or whatever else. McDaniel said, no, I'm not yeah, dealing with 100%. this, this chaos of what you want me to do. Hire the other guy. And they would go hire another guy with no head coaching experience who I like. And I think he's a really good young coach, and they, and they love him in Minnesota. But who's he bringing? Because he's been there for a long time. He's coached a lot of positions. I, I, I have no question he's ready to be potentially a head coach. Yeah. But who's he bringing? He's been there forever. Zim's not letting anybody out. No. All the guys on that defensive staff are loyal to Zim. He's been through, what, three different people in Minnesota now? Yeah, 14 years he's been with Minnesota. You haven't been everywhere. like you're tra- I, I, And it's late. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, we go back to it all the time. We talk, who are you bringing? Who's your staff? What is it's interesting at best, but to come out for the owner and say, we're only doing this for no other reason other than to see himself on TV. This has to scare the hell out of Browns fans. Like, sure. I, guess, I mean, it's exactly what I mean. We've talked about this on the show and Jake specifically for weeks about this is the fear of is are the Browns going to do this or are they going to actually adapt and come into the 21st century and decide, you know, what, maybe we want to win. Good managers hire people they trust and they trust them to do their job. Correct. Until the point where they don't get the job done. That is By the way, to your point did. last week, which is brilliant with the Steinbrenner stuff. Yeah. This is not Joe Torrey and, no. and Steinbrenner no. when I said he can do what he wants and then deal with, with no. George behind school. This is, okay, I'm a head coach. I'm going to do whatever you want. And that's But it. you're handcuffed. Stefanski acquiesced. Basically, he got the job because he was willing that's to That's the smart people word. Yeah. <laughs> so the, say, that, say that one again, David. A- acquiesced. For, okay. He got the job because he's willing to submit to Haslam. That's why he got the job. And I get it. There's only 32 of these, and sometimes you take the opportunity. Oh, you you don't blame Stefanski at all. But understand that if you're looking for, we need a culture change, we need a coach that's going to come in here and do the right thing, well, you're going to need a coach that's going to do what the owner's going to tell him he's going to do. And and that's, from this report that we saw, that's what McDaniels wasn't willing to do. The report was he came in and said, here's the right way to do things. 
Here's how we have experience doing things. Here's how I've won doing these things and been around people that have won doing these things. But that's not what the Browns brass wanted. And one of the other things was too is to have an analytics person with a headset on the sideline on game day. That was the yes, other thing that you had they to do. And they have. Down there. So that's and the owner says you have to listen to him in the that's what he's supposed yeah. to chime in oh, on those on those things. So yes. I, I I'm pro- Look, analytics are important, but the thing is, is context in which they are used is more important. And I think this is something that, across all sports in general that people always miss, miss out on the context of what the analytics mean. But part of it is, too, is having somebody that the head coach trusts. Yeah. Just because somebody with a headset. not his guy, head, by yeah, the way. It's just, the owner's guy. Just because somebody with a headset says, well, you have a 3% better chance of score of winning this game if you get a first down here versus a coach that has somebody that he trusts and say, okay, coach, here's a scenario. This is this is what the this is what the analytics tell us, and you have a much you have a better chance of winning if you do this, and the coach can go, okay, but right now they haven't stopped Derrick Henry on third and short <laughs> in 15 games. Yeah, so I'm going. He's hot right now. I'm going with Derrick Henry. They're starting nose tackle standing on the sideline. Yeah, nursing an injury. You know what? I'm going to take my chance. How about this? You like, hire a coach that knows that. Yeah, that may ask his guy. Yes. Yeah. That he trusts. Not the other way around, where the owner's guy has a headset on on game day. It doesn't make who any chimes sense. in? Who apparently there's no mute button or stop oh or coach walk away that I have to listen to this dude. <laughs> like he has like the red bat phone that he yeah. dials in, and when it comes over the headset of the head coach, that's what you do. You, there's no way you're ever winning like that. That no. goes so against everything you'd ever want to do hiring a coach. It makes no sense. Uh, the ultimate thing here is hashtag free Baker because I want Baker. I, I've, I've now I'm like sitting there and I'm like, this is never going to work. Like I, I just don't, I I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I always look at situations and I go the pros and the cons. There's a lot of cons here and I'm trying, I'm struggling with coming I don't know up. That with, there's a lot of cons with Stefanski. I, I, no, I'm okay with, with that, especially when this year. Yeah. I think he learned if you stick with the run, which the Browns need to do and they fix the offensive line. The deep, that defense is going to be okay. And if you can bring one of these young guys from Minnesota to be the defense coordinator that he's been with, especially in Zimmer's system, they play such a conservative style. The Browns have players that they can do that, right? If they stick yeah. with it, Baker's going to – they'll be fine. But how handcuffed is that head coach? That's we don't I'm know. Saying. The ultimate pull the curtain from owners. Like, uh, I mean, and there's your answer, too. We're talking about Dorsey. He, Dorsey did not get fired. That was a, okay, you want to keep doing it this way, and I have no say, and I'm the GM, I'm out. Yeah. But you're going to pay me. He didn't just get fired. It was he lost the power struggle yeah. to the analytics department, who apparently has Haslam's ear more than anything else. Yeah, I just I don't see a way where this doesn't either adapt and there's success or it fails again. I, I just and it's not on Stefanski. It's really not on Baker or the team. It's going to take it's, a unique personality on Stefanski's part, and by all accounts, he's not a huge ego guy, which is good. That's a, he's going to have to be able to because he's going to have to be able to go to three or four different people. His staff, the players, front office, the analytics, wrap it up in there to keep everybody happy mm-hmm. and still do his job. Yeah. If he's going to be a head coach play caller, first time of both, not play caller, but head coach play yeah. caller, right? Yeah. There's a learning curve. We saw that is. with all these guys, including LaFleur, who won a lot of games this year. Now you're dealing with all this other stuff, yeah. and you're the offense coordinator, head coach play caller, and you got meetings on Fridays with the analytics team. Yeah, I just, it, I'd, I feel for you Browns fans because this is one of those things that's really frustrating because you can't you can change a lot of things, can't change ownership, right? You can't vote the ownership out, you can't bitch to everybody else about how much you hate. You can you can do those things, it's just not going to change. Like they're not going the Haslam's aren't going anywhere. They're not selling the team. It's not going to change. When people are set in their ways, it's pretty hard to get them off of those things. 
now if they try to adapt and learn potentially, but I remember sitting here listening to Joe Thomas a couple of years ago, talk about the change with the analytics department and how Cleveland was trying to be ahead of the curve with the draft picks in that aspect. And I think from a draft perspective, there's a lot of that that made sense, but now they're trying to take it from that and dip it into what is, you just need to know how to coach and play football. And they're trying to turn it into a baseball team almost with the analytics stuff. And I, I went back and I looked at some of the stuff Joe Thomas said, and I think part of it makes sense, but it's also part of it. That's going instead of just trying to implement certain things, they're just going like all the way that I, way. Of our listeners go watch Moneyball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It makes like, I love that the whole concept in baseball and a small market team where there's no salary cap and you could be $60 million payroll versus $300 million payroll in today's major league baseball. It makes a lot of sense. Yes. Okay, we need to hit and run. We need to do this. We need a second baseman that fits this payroll, but hits this that has the analytics. They make a lot of sense. It's, it's brilliant. It doesn't translate to wins on Sundays. No. It, I kind of like it for the draft. I'm cool with being – Jamie and I are sitting at the Fantasy Football World Championships a couple years ago, and I'm like – it was fascinating to me. It was a 12-man league. There was no waiver wires. So it was all bench. It was all, every single person in the room did the exact same thing. And we're sitting there, and I was like, dude, if we just come and do yeah. our own thing yeah. outside the box, there's everybody in this league is going to be 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's that because they're all the same thing. I'm cool with it being the offseason, analytics, yeah. different stuff, salary cap. Be really creative there. For sure. But you have to have a you have to have Andy Reid at that point yeah. who has a great staff, who's been there forever, Belichick. That's how you're going to win on Sundays with all of that. You can't keep hiring unproven guys with staff that are up in the air and that work. The difference between the NFL and MLB, and again, I'm really into baseball analytics. Yes. And not like I'm not Nate Silver, I'm not trying to say that, but like as a you know, as, as a, a fan, as an observer, yeah. uh, I'm pretty into it. The difference is is when you're talking about baseball analytics, you are dealing with a series of one v one games. Yes. You're dealing with one pitch, one batter, and you're also dealing with defense behind it. But for the most part, the major statistics that are being looked at are going to be one scenario and a specific player. They're able to tell you that this player can't hit this pitch in this spot. Yes. So in that, very so the NFL doesn't very have it's not it's not the same thing. The NFL's not like, well, this corner now, if you have an analytics, this corner can't look over his right shoulder. Yeah, different story. Then that's a piece yeah. of information that you might be able to have. Or this corner can't or this corner is like get first that from step. watching tape and an experienced but coach with a great You staff. get that already. In baseball, analytics guys can't watch that much tape no, to know that. That's no, the difference. Because that's the difference. Like in baseball, you're dealing with a specific. The analytics are telling you what this very specific player in a very specific specific situation is doing. That's why it's helpful. It's, it's not detail. doing that at the NFL. Way more detail. By the you way, know? a catcher that calls a great game that's a veteran that's been yeah. around for a long time knows that the guy that he's played in the division for nine years can't hit a slider that's going yeah, in the dirt on, sure. on one and two. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just the experience of having the right yeah. guy behind the plate. Sure. It's the DB coach, receiver coach, and this DB can't turn over his shoulder. I've watched enough film on this yeah. guy. This is how we hit him with the back shoulder. It's not the analytics team telling you that yeah. because there's there's so much more in football with 22 guys yeah. on every play. You just can't break it down to that level. That's yeah. where coaching matters. Yep. I love the analytics too, by the way, of the sports science stuff that we're getting Absolutely. into. Like, there's a place for this, but on Sundays, give me the coach with experience that's going with his gut 100 times out of 100. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm having a tough time believing that Bill Belichick's sitting there looking at 
you know, too many analytics. I, I, I guarantee you he has all kinds of crazy oh, lists that are it. submitted to him. him. Correct. Not the other way around. Because Robert Kraft goes, what the hell are you giving me? I don't give a damn. Do what you do win games. Yeah. That's why that's I hired you. Exactly right. And that's how you win in in all sports, really. Meddling owners don't work in any sport. And sometimes that'll bite an experienced coach in the ass of when course. he goes for it and they have a bad play call or they go for it and play didn't work. But still give me that 100 times out of 100 that yeah. you have to because yeah. the analytics department says whatever. All right. Let's talk about John DeFilippo losing his job um, just specifically because he was one of the hot coaching candidates two years ago. The fall from grace. Now the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be looking for a new offensive coordinator. This is a little bit later, right? It happened today. Not yeah, this is weird. Did it's it kind of, that's what I'm saying. That the timing is a little peculiar. Uh, and and they're really stuck with Nick Foles, right? It, yeah. They can't. They cannot yeah. move on from Nick Foles. Whether or not they like Gardner Minshew or not doesn't matter. They owe him a lot of money, and they have to pay him. So who can you go out and get, guys? Because this is this timing is very strange. Doug Marone's been there and done that. Doug Marone's a damn good coach. He's a hard nosed guy. I can see him looking at this division and looking and say, okay, we have a battle tested running back who finally stayed healthy, other than the flu. And week 17, he's about to be afraid. And I wonder if that was coincided together. And, or, and we need to get a couple more. Let's get a couple more of these guys. Let's fix our – the offensive line's okay. They, they're decent if they're healthy. Yeah. Let's play Nick Foles, who we have to play. Yeah, Gardner Minshew did not play good enough down the stretch when they said we're going to go with him. They can sell it to the fan base that we're going back to Foles. Let's play conservative. Let's play good defense. Let's fix that. We don't have Tom Coughlin. Again, not ownership, but meddling above your head, coaching from – yeah. Like yeah. Coach Bryant in the 70s from a tower somewhere, but he ain't the coach. Like Coach Bryant was looking at everything because that's this is my baby. Yeah. It's Coughlin's baby, but that's not his message to the team. It's mm-hmm. not going to work that way. Um, I think they're fine regardless. Marone has connections to go get an offense coordinator. Dave Filippo was another guy. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but he was getting head coaching interviews when he didn't even run his own room in Philly. Hmm. You go back and look at the people that were there Yeah, with Peterson and Reich. Like it was the head coach, play caller, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, quarterback coach that really didn't coach the quarterbacks because he was in the room. He he got he got thrust into those positions not ready, and then failed. He might be a good head coach or a, a good offensive coordinator eventually, but he's only had a couple years of doing it where he wasn't even running the quarterback room before, and he was interviewing for head coaching jobs. Yeah, that's part of this. When I was saying the minority stuff last week. It's not just that. It's anybody that gets thrust into that situation because you get a hot name for whatever because the team you're on has success and you're not ready for it and you fail. And it's a detriment to your career. I don't know where he goes from here. Yeah. Back to being a quarterback somewhere. I'd imagine he has to go back to being a positional coach at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who exactly they're going to get. They're not going to get one of the high price, you know, former head coaches that are going back into the OC role like mm-hmm. something like that. I think like a guy like Jason Garrett at this point sitting out a year. Yeah, uh, more than Jason Garrett's not coming back to be an offensive coordinator. And that's for the sure. Yeah. I saw those, like, those guys aren't no, doing that. He ain't so. doing it for the Giants in the division no. just because they're in the division. He damn sure ain't doing it in Jacksonville. He ain't no. doing it. No. no. He's sitting out the year. So, like, he I, made a ton of money. He's a brilliant guy. He has a family. He's fine. Yeah, so yeah. Get, and he'll get a job next year. More than likely. Probably. He'll have a good shot at it. Yeah, he'll, he be, he'll be in the conversations for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where they go from here. But, yeah, no, they have to go back to Nick Foles, the quarterback. Like, they don't, they've paid him enough. They have to. They, they have to see if they have something there. And like Jake said, Minshew wasn't good enough to, to make the, the money they have to eat worth it. Get a tight end in that offense desperately. They need yeah. they need a tight end there. Nick Foles has shown a penchant for throwing to a tight end. They had a lot of injuries in that position this year, but they didn't really have anybody that he was a, a young receiving core looked okay. Yeah, yeah. If Fournette yeah, comes dude, back, I mean, yeah. Which why wouldn't you sign him back? He's not it's like he's going to crave a ton of money in the no. trade market. Somebody overpay him, but 
you should be okay there. The defense yeah. should have been better than they were. I mean, they're but I, I like Marone. Like I, I, he's solid and he'll be fine with whoever they hire is. Here's the other thing, Gary. He's not a Marone guy. He's not going to go hire some dude he doesn't know. Yeah, for sure. When he's on the block, by all accounts, if they don't win, he's fired next year. Yeah, right? absolutely. So like, he huh? knows he's coaching for his job right now. Right. So it's not exactly a overly appealing uh, job opening as of right now. All right, let's get into these games. Uh, Minnesota at San Francisco being the first one. Uh, San, San Fran obviously wins this one 27 and 10. They cover the spread. Um, listen, I told you guys before the podcast started, the big kind of takeaway as I looked at everything and I watched the whole game was the running game was significantly better on one side of the football than it was on the other side. Even though I love Dalvin cook, didn't have a great game. Wasn't able to get it going. Um, I think at one point, I think it was the end of the first half. He had only had seven carries. I mean, it, it, they just, they didn't game really, flow. Wasn't the same. Game, as the week before. Yeah. They just could not get it going. Whereas Tevin Coleman actually had a really, really good game on San Francisco side. So what was the, what was kind of your big takeaway from, from this game, Jake? Love Kyle Shanahan's offensive game plan. Uh, they threw it early play action to set up the run late. They went right down the field, scored 7 nothing. boom. The defense looked healthy and fresh and fast, exactly what we thought we were going to see from them. Mm-hmm. You could run it on them at times this year, but they stopped the run really well and then still really got after Kirk Cousins. And then game flow kind of took it away from Minnesota really being able to stick with the run regardless, and San Francisco was just better. Yeah. They were healthy. They were, be- they were better top to bottom. The Vikings looked banged up. They looked a little slow. They looked a little sluggish. The road, the two road trips, it's pretty much what we thought. But the Vikings just couldn't even keep pace. Yeah. yeah. So like it was, I didn't think they'd pull away and win that easily. I mean, they won handily. Yeah. I just my take base takeaway was how sluggish the Vikings looked. I mean, they had that one big play where on Weatherspoon with digs down the sideline, but that was it. I mean, every other drive looked so flat for them. Even yeah. the field goal drive that they have at the end of the half. This is a different team when they're playing from behind yeah. the double digits in the second half. Like they just don't they don't have the horse even though they have the names on paper, they just don't have the horsepower for whatever reason to come back in these games. And it just it never it never really felt like I mean, even when they hit that big play to make it seven seven, it felt like, okay, you got one on them, but yeah. you were like they ran a few plays beforehand that looked terrible. Like it just they looked completely flat on offense and didn't look like they could keep up in this game. And and to Jake's point, San Francisco's defense looked healthy, they looked really good. Uh, uh, Witherspoon got benched for the basically the final three quarters of that game. We'll see if he comes back next week, but they look they look great. Yeah, uh, they, they do looked look everything. Really good. They showed everything they needed to show in that game, and they shut down the run, which is, they've done a pretty good job on all year. But they really shut down Dalvin Cook, and just Minnesota gets behind a couple scores. They just don't have the horsepower. No, and Jimmy didn't have to do that much. No, um, he made enough plays, and they still won the game handedly. Uh, I want to ask you guys, each team that lost, I want you to kind of think about what is the base offseason issue to address for each team? So in this case, Minnesota, like if you're picking just quickly one thing that you look at that they really need help with, whether that's coaching or a specific position or whatever that is, what is the big offseason issue to address for the Minnesota Vikings, Jake? They got to replace their offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. Stefanski just left. Zimmer wants to run the ball. That's why DeFilippo got fired the year before. Um, and a guy that had been there coaching a lot of positions for 14 years just left. So they they got to figure out who that guy is. Do they promote with from within? Probably so at this point. Uh, but Zimmer's back. And yeah. talent-wise, as long as their salary cap's okay, I don't think they're losing anything. They're fine. They got to stay healthy. But I expect them to be damn good again next year. Whoever that is has to get Zim's. Like, we're going to run this son of a gun again, mm-hmm. play action off of it. That's who we are. Yeah. They got to replace Stefanski. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be one of the Kubiaks that, that take that spot. 
Interesting. So be interesting to see. It won't be Gary, it won't but be Gary's but, vision but, but, over, I mean, overhead of this. That's another yeah. thing, too, is Stefanski getting this job. It's his first year other than those four games as a play caller, but Gary's zone scheme was put in for the for this run game specifically. Oh, yeah. Like how much and Zimmer said this is the best hire I've ever had. How much was it Gary Kubiak? How much was it Stefanski? That's what Another I guy asked. that might be getting a job that might not quite ready to be ready for it when it comes to that. Um, I don't think Gary's going to be calling plays, but he's going to be there as an offensive advisor again. Well, I guess in both coordinators, they fired George Edwards uh, last night too, apparently. So they have two coordinators they have to kind of figure out. Again, and, and Edwards has been Zimmer's coordinator uh, working with Zimmer for many years now. So hmm. I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see because that, that's a team that has a lot of talent to make some noise, but they still need another year of progression from Kirk Cousins. They need to be able to run the ball as effectively as they did the la- this year, again next year. They have two new coordinators and the coordinators who replied. So. It's also worth mentioning just because I think this kind of gets swept under the rug that Kirk Cousins will now see three different offensive coordinators in three years, right? He's going to go one guy, fired guy again. By the way, he's a really smart guy that not that long ago had Kyle Shanahan, McVay, and LaFleur on the same yep. staff in Washington. Yep. And he's going to be sitting there right now going, okay, Filippo got fired. I was throwing for a lot of yards, but we, we, it wasn't working. We didn't make playoffs. We were pretty good under Stefanski with Kubiak. But if this dude's now an inexperienced play caller, you're going to have a quarterback going, yeah, this is not the same. Yeah. And that permeates a, a locker room and a building. So they got to so be careful just here. Just worth mentioning because that that instability can create issues for quarterbacks. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins hasn't exactly proven to all of us that he can get a great game against the Saints. Definitely did a lot for him, but that record still exists. His record against 500 teams still exists, and he's got a long way to go because they didn't pay him that money to have an out in the playoffs. Wow, it was a three-year deal all guaranteed, right? This is the last yes. year of that contract? It's yeah. the last year of that contract. That's interesting. Yep. So something to pay attention to in the offseason. This, this Vikings team is is going to – this is a turning point year for them. 100%. Because I, I think even if they go 10-6 and six again and they lose in the first – I think everyone now, I think, will be gone. I think Zimmer's gone. Too. Yeah, I think Spielman might be gone too. So I, I, I think this is house. a total if, – if they don't – they don't necessarily have to win the division, but I think they have to win playoff games plural. Yeah, they didn't listen. They didn't. Be... They didn't get Kirk Cousins and company to finish last year second place to the Bears in the division, and this year finish second place in the no, division. Green Bay. Case Keenum, they won the division. That's exactly what, right. Yeah. So they didn't. They didn't make these changes. They didn't go out and get Kirk Cousins and move on from Case Keenum, who did take them to that that NFC Championship game. To, to then fall behind because that's what's happened since yeah. then. So it will be interesting to pay attention to what happens here. All right. The Tennessee at Baltimore game, Baltimore was a nine and a half point favorite, right? 10 points at some, at some places. We all kind of were like, that's eh, a lot, right? 10 points. It was a lot because Tennessee ended up covering the spread on the opposite side because they got a victory 28 to 12 final score here. Um, listen, they, Tennessee has the ability to the, the, obviously we talked about this running the football and changing the it's it's not this isn't new what they're doing right everybody's looking for a new way to win in the NFL this isn't new running the football isn't new playing good defense isn't new that all aside what Derrick Henry is doing is exceptional and should be looked at and and everything that he should be getting a ton of credit because Ryan Tannehill had one hell of a throw in that game and I mean it was like I, I watched it on repeat like four times just to make sure I saw how far he threw that ball on a dime. I mean, it was like 65 yards. I was yeah. like, holy shit, that's an yeah. unbelievable throw, right? But he didn't have to do much more of that because Derrick Henry was running the football all over the place. So, Jake, other than Derrick Henry, I mean, obviously give him his credit. What exactly is going right for Tennessee other than they got some good mojo on their side? 
but they're hot. They're running the ball. Tannehill is playing very efficiently. The receivers are making plays when they need to. A couple great catches. They don't make the catches. This game is completely different. Uh, Baltimore was flat. They were rusty. The first interception was an awful throw from Lamar Jackson. Set it up. Boom. Score. Touchdown. Great throw. Awful call by Harbaugh. Yes, you're 8-8 eight and eight during the season on fourth and one. Just the playoffs. You do not go for it on the 46-yard line on fourth and one. Punt the ball. They don't. 14 nothing. You you claw back in. It's 14-6. You take the field goal and go 14-9. You're at home. You've clawed back in. Everything's settled. You've given them 14. You don't. You go for it again, and you don't get it. Three plays later, it is 21-6, and it's over. You are out of your game plan. Lamar Jackson has to throw more. The linebackers and safeties played phenomenal, and they're fast. The defensive game plan was awesome from Brable. Their defense has been solid, but they were great in this game, and they were flying. Lamar Jackson was so fast. Didn't look like he'd get the edge a lot of times. Like he was going to get two or three yards, but they weren't giving him – he couldn't get the edge and get 20. He did a couple of times. He, he Especially had, in the he having a huge numbers day, but he was rusty and slow and not slow. He was rusty and not accurate early, and it cost him. They gave up a they gave up a bunch on the run, but they gave up the one big one late. Which yeah. Derrick Henry's had a couple big ones. If you can limit him to his longest run of the day being sixteen yards and a bunch of three and fours, and Tannehill's got to go third and four, and they got to be efficient to make him go eighty yards, and we'll get into the analysis later in the week of. Them playing Kansas City, it was Kansas City's defense. This is exactly my analysis. That didn't happen. Mm-mm. And then the game was okay. If does Tennessee kick a field goal, they can win. It's twenty-one-six. You felt like if they kicked one more field goal somewhere, it was over. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened. They just and their defense was awesome. The game plan was spectacular. They went in New England the week before. They went into Baltimore un, unscathed by having to be on the road. There were that one of those ten and six, six T seeds that went in that was hot. And you do not want to play hot and healthy. Yeah. By the way, this offensive line is spectacular. Yeah, First-round picks of both tackles. Yes. They're finally healthy. They're finally all together. And they've stuck with the run. Yeah. And, look, they execute the fundamentals really well. Yes, Tennessee do. doesn't make many mistakes. Nope. And I think that's the biggest thing for them, where early in this game, Baltimore, they were dropping passes. Lamar Jackson has that bad interception. They were making a ton of mistakes because mm-hmm. most of these guys hadn't played competitive game in three weeks. And it showed. And the problem is, is Baltimore is still a team that we have not seen this year as a team built to come from behind. No, because they, they were never put in the position. Once they lost. Yeah. And that was the Cleveland game. Yep. Uh, but the, the two things, are we, and we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but I tweeted this out during the game, the two in the first half. The two things, the two questions left for the Ravens to answer this year. Could they overcome a double-digit point deficit? And could Lamar Jackson overcome the playoff demons from last year? The answer was no. To either one. So... This is going to be an extremely interesting offseason for those guys because next year there's there's one, one expectation. That's you winning the Super Bowl. Yep. And you're not going to have a better regular season. <laughs> but can you do have a good enough regular season to put yourself in a good spot to have a much better postseason? Yeah, you're not going to have as good a regular season. And I can assure you the rest of the division is not going to look like it did last year. Cincinnati's yeah. not going to be where they were. Pittsburgh sure as hell isn't going to be like they were. And Cleveland might at least stay the same, if not get better, right? So you now all of a sudden, your best case scenario was you dominated your division. Your division had, especially Pittsburgh, had a down year. You had an opportunity here. You're hosting playoff games. You would have hosted the AFC Damn, Championship Dolphins. game. Dolphins screwed it up for everybody, well, thank God. Well, I think that's the biggest thing to me. The biggest indictment on this game was on Adam Gase and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, those. That's when I watch these. The watch these last two weeks. I go, 
You know? Yeah, especially uh, like, Adam Gase, specifically. Yeah, I mean, look at the guy. I mean, look, Devonta Parker has a career year, first year away from Adam Gase. Kenyon Drake has a career year, first year away from Adam Gase. Ryan Tannehill is going to get paid a lot of money uh, in his first year away from Adam Gase. Uh, it, it's just, there, there's a lot to go on there. But of course. give Tennessee a ton of credit because they do a lot of things really well. They, they, they play just phenomenal fast defense. Like, they play really fast defense, and they got Baltimore out of their game plan. And once they did... You there was tell. no answer. Yeah, there was no answer. They were very uncomfortable. And the one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is because I went back and I told you that I rewatched almost the entirety of this game. And a lot of people, Lamar's kind of put himself into this category of almost being untouchable throughout sports media, right? Where he's, he can do no wrong. He had this, which he, he had an exceptional year. He's the MVP. He was the MVP. But this is a different scenario. We're not talking post-regular season. It's the playoffs. What did I just watch? Specifically, the entirety of the first half and the two major mistakes that he made. What I didn't see from him in the regular season was what I would call immature behavior. Okay. It's what I saw from Dwayne Haskins at moments throughout the season. I saw Kyler Murray have quite a few moments throughout the season. Lamar is still very young, right? But he didn't display this type of behavior throughout the regular season. Now in the postseason, when he fumbled the ball, I mean, he threw a tantrum. When mm-hmm. you see a child throw a tantrum, go watch what Lamar Jackson did. He did the exact same thing. He was when, celebrated for it all year when he didn't score a touchdown and he got mad at himself and he jumped up and stopped. Of his course. Feet. This was different. This was different. This was They him. were up on everybody in the first quarter. They were the fastest starting team in football. Correct. And they went 14-2. Yeah. But was this was in a of, bad moment well, now, right, yes, where yeah. he's looking around at his teammates and you're going, Lamar, you fumbled the ball. Nobody else did. And he's looking around, he's throwing his hands up in the air, and he's trying to blame somebody. And I saw John Harbaugh have some type of a conversation with him, and it adjusted a little bit. But that was concerning for me because I think all year long, I saw everybody praise, including myself, because I did it too, praise Lamar Jackson for how he handled himself, how he would sit quietly and wasn't, wasn't being boastful about being the MVP. Mark Ingram was doing all the talking for him, right? Who I thought handled himself in the press conference after the game very well. Exactly. He owned up and said, we got beat. It, it, 100%. But this was my concern was when I look at the offseason and when I look at what needs to happen here, Lamar, the regular season is great, doesn't matter. Because now the two times we've seen you in the postseason haven't been special. So I, I think when we – I think that's a bit of a fluke. I don't know the weekend. He made so many strides from last year's playoff game to this year's playoff game. And he played pretty well. Yes. The rest numbers-wise was spectacular. Right, he threw for three hundred and ran for yeah. hundred. That doesn't happen in the NFL. Period. Yeah, for sure. This off season, he has to do what he did last off season. Take a look in the That's mirror. That's what I want to know. Do a lot of self scout yeah. and has to become a better passer. He has to become more accurate on a consistent basis. Period. And they have to get more weapons. Yes, yes. A Which was really clear. good rookie running a rookie receiver, Hollywood Brown, who wasn't healthy all year, is your only real. Yeah, Mark Andrews. That's Willie, it. Willie Sneed. I love Hayden Hurst. I yeah. still think Hayden yeah. Hurst is extremely underrated. Yes, yeah. Him and those the three tight ends. They're fine. You're going to do a lot. By the way, you put everything you had on tape, and now you give everybody an offseason to look at it. You got to get more creative. Mm -hmm. You have to do what you did early in the season when we thought Lamar would run over the Dolphins. He threw for five touchdowns in the first quarter, first half, whatever it was, and they went crazy. You got to get creative again. You got to add weapons, and then you got to do what you do. Which, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be able to do this. We still don't have a quarterback that's ever run this much. That's won a this won a Super Bowl. So that's my kind of my off season when I ask you guys about what does Minnesota have to do is the number one thing in the off season here. They have to go get more weapons for, for Lamar Jackson. Is that your big they thing? They got some salary cap issues. They got to get pass rushers because that defense has to blitz nonstop and their secondary is really good, but they're going to lose some of them. They signed Marcus Peters to an extension. 
I'm not. We'll, we'll get into their offseason stuff, yeah. and, we, and I'll look at the cap more specifically later. But they they got to get more weapons. But they can't really just be go to the draft and get another one. Yeah, Hollywood Brown's got to get healthy. He's got to make. He was great. He's got to. He's got to make strides as a more well rounded guy. You can't count on play action RPOs to tight ends to go fourteen and two again next year. No. So yeah, like those are the two two things for me. One of them is obviously get more weapons around Lamar Jackson, but the other two is. Adjust before the the league is adjusting back to you. You need to adjust again this offseason, which is what Jake was alluding to. Of you're not going to throw a touchdown on nine percent of your passes next year. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Okay, it, even Mahomes came way back down from that. Like that does not happen. You're gonna so if they're, they're going to throw it as much or throw for as much production, you're going to need to throw it more often and more effectively. And you're going to need some more weapons on the outside around them. But that's the biggest thing to me is can you can you do those two things. And can you shut out the noise next year? Because I expect this team to be a playoff team next year. I agree. But with the second that happens, you're going to start hearing a lot of stuff Peyton Manning heard, even though this happened mm-hmm. later in his career, of you just can't win in the playoffs. You're just not good enough. You're just a regular season quarterback. Do you use that as fuel to motivate yourself? Do you use that to work even harder? Or does that consume you? Mm-hmm. And the second you start having adversity again in a third playoff game, you go, every time I show up here, I just get my ass kicked. Yeah. We don't know the answer to that yet. I love the organization. You guys know that. I love Harbaugh. Yeah. I love when Ozzy was running it. They're still in great hands. I com- Lamar's competitiveness and work it's ethic. Good. I don't question any of no, that. I think they're going to do all of this. Does it come back to earth a little bit? He, he had a great, phenomenal year. Is that freaking MVP? Younger than the Heisman Trophy winner. Like it, he's twenty-one years old. Yeah, he's going to get better, but he has to become a more efficient, accurate passer. Consistently, he had times where he was spectacular. And he made big strides from last year, and I said he was going to be a good passer coming out. I'm not one of these people yeah, Bill no. Bully in the city needs to play receiver. He came out of Bobby Petrino's offense. We, we talked about all yeah, this, right? For sure. But he has to get better. He has to make even more strides, and they got they got to add some more weapons to help him. Yeah, I, I and they can they can do it. Well, but. and you if you trust anybody, you trust Harbaugh that took this off season to revamp himself and be able to do what they did this season. I I anticipate that they will be able to do that. But all that being said, I brought up the point of the division will not look the same next year. No, no, I don't think they win fourteen games next year. No, I don't think that's a bold take by any means. But like, no. it, it's I. I but they, you will, they don't have to. Do they win eleven. If, if I think they can, but well, the, they can. They damn. The most important thing is, do you win multiple playoff games? They stayed the pretty healthy thing. and they got healthy down the stretch with that defense. They sustained yeah. the injuries early, and that offense got so hot it didn't matter. Then that defense got healthy and. They laid an egg at home in the playoffs. Yeah. Like so that's that's the hard part to overcome. Yeah. You gotta win playoff games plural. They have twelve like, yeah, pro bowlers. Yeah. You gotta be in the, I mean, you gotta win playoff <laughs> games plural. And look, we can talk about the rest rust thing too, because it, it hurt the Chiefs early when they yeah, looked like they looked all discombobulated. Again, Baltimore had the same like the Baltimore and Chiefs script, we'll get into that game in a second, look very similar in the sense that you had receivers dropping passes. Yeah. And you had teams that don't make special teams mistakes with veteran special teams players and veteran special teams coaches. Making special teams mistakes. mistakes. Now, one team overcame those mistakes, the other one didn't. But the other interesting note, too, is this will be, Mark, another year uh, since the last time an MVP won a Super Bowl was 1999. Wow. That is a crazy statistic. All right, moving on to that Houston and Kansas City game. Uh, Kansas City gets the job done. They cover the spread. It was nine and a half. They win 51 to 31. My God. A big – 51 points in a playoff game is insane. Like I just that was the to- that was the game's total by the way going in was fifty one yeah that's fifty one points is 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 such so a look at all the games wild card weekend yeah, yeah. all low scoring defense dumb number yeah literally no at that point every game had gone under all yeah. six games had gone under that's it is a crazy 
number that they put up. The the crazier part is the fact that obviously I'm sure most of you listening to this watch the football game going down what they went down and coming back. But I'll ask you guys this because we talked about it coming into the podcast that last week on Friday that all the conversation all season long had been about Lamar Jackson. And you hit the nail on the head with this one. Recency bias in sports. People forget how special people are. And I can, you bet your ass, Mahomes has been listening to all this crap all year long going, y'all forgot who I am. And let me tell you, did he, show you. he reminded all of you. Let me watch, watch me put up 51 freaking points. Seven in a touchdown games. drives in a row to end the game. Oh Dude, my God. He did. He remind us how special yes. he truly is. I mean, you know, my history in Kansas city, right? So I have yeah. so many friends that are Chiefs fans and they're like on suicide watch. Of course. Not to use that word lightly. Yes. Sorry. I mean, but. Literally, they're, you, yeah, they're fan, I love fandom. Like, literally, yes. people are tweeting this and calling me. Yes. The one dude I'm left like, the building because he thought he was a jinx. Yeah, like in the first quarter. And, and I literally, <laughs> we were talking about before the show, I'm literally going 7 nothing, 14 nothing, 21 nothing, mistake, 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 drop pass, drop pass, drop pass. Special teams. 20. I never felt like it, no. like, I, I was never that worried. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, so what's Houston got to do? Score 10 points in the second half, and it's going to be really close. It'll be 34, 30. I, it, yeah. Didn't even get to that point. Then the most. Panic move of all time. Bill O'Brien fakes the punt. It's 21-7. You fake the punt. Boom, boom. Two plays, 21-14. Mahomes runs 60 yards, firing up the crowd. I'm like, you just got dusted. It's over, and it's about to get ugly. I had a meeting I had to go to. I look at my phone. It's 41-21. I'm like, yeah. there's your analysis. Yeah. The Chiefs, we said it. The Chiefs' offense is healthy. Damian Williams, Jamie's boy. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah. Scored the early touchdown on the little back shoulder wheel route that was just awesome on a little pick from Kelsey. Just beautiful play. They didn't have to run it enough. This this offense can go. And they're, when they're all together, they're putting up 30. They've done it for two years now. Can you outscore them? Now when that defense played like that. By the way, Chris Jones missed this game. Yeah. When we did, wasn't even really on the injury report. Chris Jones is Fletcher Cox, people. Like yeah, he, he's, he's a, we, I mentioned him today because I expect him a big game to play. Yeah. If he's out this week, we'll get into that later in the week. That's a big loss. He's a monster, and he's about to be a free agent, um, but didn't play. This defense gave up a big play early, yep. and then they played pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Now, look at the numbers Deshaun Watson put up. Solid day, but it didn't matter because game flow went crazy. And they couldn't stop him. And this secondary sucks. They're, they have no pass rush. It's going to be really interesting. Really, but that panic move by Bill O'Brien was – The game was over at that point. Like, look, we've been waiting for the, te- the Texans. You can tell that he felt it. Like, if I don't yeah. fake this punt and get this, it's even though they'd only scored seven at that point, That was just wild. It. But yes. isn't that crazy that that is how it felt? Because it's yeah. exactly how it felt. I never felt like it no. – Was it 24 nothing or 24-7? 24 nothing. Yeah, 24 I never yeah. felt like it wasn't at least going to be really close yeah. later on. Yeah, I, like, no. I love Sam Farmer's tweet. I'm either watching a blowout or the greatest – one of the greatest games ever. Yeah. I expected the Chiefs to come back. I just didn't think they would come back entirely in the first half. Yeah. We were talking about it when I'm sitting there going, one okay, quarter. it's 24 14, yeah, no, 24 took, 17. Yeah, no. Because they got to 14. They went from 0 at 10 36 to like 14 points at 807. Well, and I went, it took all right, two well, plays maybe, to score. And yeah, that so one they are. Maybe they can do more than that. But yeah, it was. I mean, what was the score at the end of the half? 28 24. Yeah, they were yeah. up. Yeah. Like that. T- and you, if you're going to Houston, you're going in the locker room going, you're dead. Damn, that was you're fun. Done. You're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. done. You're dead you're in the done. water at that point. I said, I said what, are you, what are you even Everybody saying? Everybody on the team other than Deshaun Watson was thinking that. 
Well, yeah. it's 28-24, and if you haven't seen, go back and watch. When they're leaving to go to the tunnel, I have never been uh, like watching a broadcast. Because I know, because Jake and I have both been Arrowhead. It's one of the more special the atmospheres in all of sports. I know how loud it is. My family that was there said this was loudest period ever. They are going into the tunnel. They just came back, scored 28 unanswered points, and they're going into the half leading and, and about to get the ball back and about to get the ball back to start to happen. <laughs> you're going, there is a 0% chance that they're losing this football yeah. game. What have I said a lot on this show? Like when you have teams that start slow, have a bad first half and can step on the gas when you don't have it early, there's that. And then there's this yeah. where you score on every drive of the second Literally. half, a touchdown and you just scored four touchdowns to go into the half Insane. in 10 minutes. Yeah. The ability that they have to put it up. That's why as quickly is like why it's, it's well, exactly. And that's why as special as what we watched Lamar do this year from an offensive perspective, I will always have more confidence in what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes and this offense when it is at its best, when they are both at their best Mahomes is more, it's, it's more accurate that that is going to be able to take over Mahomes in a playoff a game. Yeah. He's a better quarterback. Pocket passing won every Super Bowl. Exactly. I think we said that, we said that exactly. even in the middle of Lamar Jackson Mania. Again, we're not knocking Lamar Jackson, but I think we said we're still starting a franchise with Patrick Mahomes if we're given that opportunity. That's the number one pick is Patrick Mahomes. And people forgot because he was hurt and he had the knee injury and he came back early and was trying to figure things out. People always do this. People – by the Always way, the rest forget. of the team was banged up. Yes. The defense hadn't quite figured defense it out yet when it came up. back. Damian Williams yeah. was banged up. Tyreek Hill was banged up at points in the year. Also, wait, wait, wait. we can't talk about this game without talking about the huge performance from Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I was going to really say, that was, the, that was the second tier of, of my notes for this game was a lot of the conversation, especially in the fantasy community this year, has been George Kittle has really cemented himself as a top-tier tight end. And Travis Kelsey had, an, he had a good year. He just didn't have a... I draft him in the second round, and it's sure. justified. Type he was still of year. a tight end one. He was still a tight end one. Correct. We just said why no running game, other receivers receiving injuries, Kyrie Kill, Holmes injury. Holmes. Like there's a reason why he still was a stud. But this was a man. Was it a reminder of what Travis Kelsey and Mahomes can do together? Because it was like holy cow, Travis Kelsey. Just a reminder of how yeah. great and Lack special of pass he is. Rush and who's going to cover him? It was it was special. To beat the Chiefs, you gotta you gotta be able to rush four. So it's like if the Chiefs can win next week and the Niners can win next week, what an awesome, awesome matchup, matchup you I have know. with a, it's what the I'm best offense for. in the league. I don't don't give me stats and all that. When they're healthy, they're the best offense in the yes. league, the best quarterback. I guess the team that can rush four and get there and has the best defense. Ish, yeah, yeah. But like it, the healthy, yes, I think the yeah. best defense. I, it was, wow, what a matchup yeah. that 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 could be. Uh, but man, this this game was just. It was it's wi- mind it was blowing wild when you start movie, talking honestly. about it, but you watched it and go, "That's what they are." Yeah. yeah, they're gonna put up thirty-one to thirty-four on everybody, regardless. Fifty-one is just astronomical. It's just it's it's especially a when you start that slow. They didn't score till there was ten minutes to go in the first yeah. half. Yeah. Then they scored twenty-eight points in ten minutes. Yeah, it's just it's a reminder. This happens in all sports. It's not like it just happens in football. It happens everywhere. The recency bias, whatever we're watching, is the best version. Man, oh man! This was just like I was hoping for it, and I could not—I could not have dreamt up a better just, version of what Mahomes did. The like, mark of good teams to be able to step on the gas yes. and then step on your throat. Yeah. They did both they after did both. starting yep. that slow. 
It was 24 nothing in a playoff game at home. Yeah. And again, watching what happened to Baltimore. By the way, they lost 16 hours prior. Thank you. By the way, That's and they've exactly lost at right. home the last two years. Yes. Trust me, this they, you better believe they're Chiefs fans. Fans knew what happened to Baltimore. They were the night before. freaking out. Yeah. They were freaking out. It was silent in there. The broadcast was. They scored that. They went up 24 nothing, and it was like you could hear a pin I'd drop. I'd have to look. I probably have seven dude relaxed tweets. Oh, I had. In the first quarter, I. Dude. Chill out. You have Mahomes. Relax. But like, that comes from experience. They've that's their they have yeah. built up those playoff wounds for so it's been a many long years. Time of minus last year hosting AFC championships. Now back to back years with the best quarterback in football. It's a good time to be a Chiefs fan. That's but man, who do they I mean this this game, this we'll, we'll get into this. I know, game. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to break that down. All right, let's talk about this last game here. That was Seattle going on the road to play Green Bay. Green Bay gets the victory 28-23. to Almost some Russell Wilson magic at the end here coming back. Just he is who he is. And uh, it, Tyler Lockett had a great game. The Rodgers-Adam connections was unbelievable throughout this game. I think Devontae Adams really – it was good for him to have a bye week. He looked really healthy. He looked really good. Um, your guys' takeaway here because I think we – Thought that this would be a close game. It kind of got away for a little while, but that's what Green Bay has done all season long. They've had good first halves. They've started out really fast. And then they got into some situations where they weren't stepping on the gas pedal, weren't being able to finish. They finished in this one, but not without a scare because Russell Wilson definitely scared them down down the stretch. Yeah, I picked it by four and said, if I got to lean one way or the other, I'll take them to cover. Yeah, they just did, barely. Russell Wilson should be 1A to Lamar Jackson's MVP. Yeah, I agree. Because without him, that team is awful. Yeah, no, 100%. He is so damn special with the ability to move around and make plays unscripted. And it's not the fact that he runs for yards, people. It's the fact that he runs around inside the pocket, outside the pocket, behind the line of scrimmage, and makes plays down the field and has the best deep ball in football, maybe ever. But they're not that good. They were no. banged up. They Honestly, they it's couldn't a run it great. Miracle that they could have that they were in a position to potentially That's win this football game. That's why they've always game. been it's so hard to beat because he's always he's unbelievable fighting to the end, rallying guys on the sidelines in this college rah rah. But it works, man. They buy in, they love it, and this dude will fight you to the end. Really, the, the thing to me was they came out and scored in the second half, and Greenway went boom right back down and scored. Now Greenway didn't do a lot after that, but that answer. Told me a lot. Yeah, for sure. I still don't think Green Bay is great, but they've won a lot of close games. Mm -hmm. They played really, really complimentary football. And don't tell me Aaron Rodgers has lost anything. He ain't lost anything. They've played more complimentary football. Aaron Jones has had a big year. Had a bad. So I thought he had a bigger game than this. Had the two touchdowns. I thought he'd run better than this, but they stuck with it. Yeah. Offensively, they they were complimentary on what they did. Overall team game, they didn't hurt themselves. It was it's just is a lot like I thought I would see. I just didn't think. Seattle had enough. By the way, uh, Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson haven't won in Lambeau. Yeah. They've lost their last seven games there. So, like, I said I wasn't taking Aaron Rodgers home. I was taking Aaron Jones at home. I'm taking Aaron Brothers at home. Like, it, they just yeah. – at Lambeau, they just had enough to get it done. Yeah. But Russell Wilson was – he's spectacular. What he a is. year he had. Like, he had that five or six weeks where they had, they had their injuries. And they kept winning, by the way, for the most part of that. They still almost ended up being the one seed. Yeah. They still almost they're ended up being an short. Like, please. Let's like, talk about that for a second. They are an inch from that happening in the NFC. You. And the whole thing. Change and then us. Miami goes to New England and wins and changes the whole entire AFC. Yes. Like, week 17, we don't ever get that. No. Week Wild. 17 changes Wild. everything top to bottom in both Wild. sides. Unbelievable. This yeah. year in the NFL had more parity, more craziness, more evenness 
than I've, I ever remember. Yeah. I'm about to be 42 years old of, of watching games and being heavily involved in this. Yeah. I don't ever remember Miami going to New England in week 17, who went from like five weeks earlier to be locked to number one seat, number one pick. Do you like? No, it was it was wild, and what Russell Wilson has done this year, I wanted to bring that because they were an inch from being the one seed. And that is, and I mean, it is a miracle that that football team was almost a one seed. They are not a good football. They, like, look around, especially without their two starting running backs. Yeah. I mean, guys, they signed they signed people off the streets. Like that tweet. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they were oh, McAfee's uh, tweet about, McAfee's tweet about Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch was at a tailgate a month ago, pouring out tequila shots. Like I saw him in September. He looked like he had some tequila shots. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. He was retired. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't blame him. I love my. I look. I love beast mode. Y'all know I love some beast mode. But there was no beast mode out there. No, he's so old. Running back he's in Dallas. Old, like, he was done in the last two years. Absolutely. That's what this game went about as I expected. Seattle just didn't have enough None. horses in the end to win. Like, By that, the way, that's what it was. Something going back to San Francisco. I, we can't, we'll can't. we talk about it later in the week, too, when we get into this game. Look at who they played down the stretch. Their yeah. second half of their season with that defense not fully healthy. It was tough. They played everybody. Oh, yeah. They, they played, played every playoff row. They are so prepared now that they're healthy and got that bye week and played a really good game to make this run. It, you can't go without noting who they played and beat. Like, yeah. Oh. They played everybody. So, like, they're not going to see – get hit in the mouth and not know they could overcome and see anything that they haven't already seen because they played everybody. Like, their, their second half was really tough, and they survived it. And I know that although I think Green Bay is the better team, obviously, that they beat Seattle, I know for a fact they're happy they're not seeing that team. Oh, again. hell no. They, they are right. so Russell happy. Russell Wilson sees that defense every day in practice. They're yeah. always going to play good against yeah, that defense I, no matter I, how good that defense is because he, he knows what he's But I was hoping that we're – because, man, how many good years yeah. of, of Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh did we get for a while between that division? Like, yeah. I'm happy that that – rivalry is back because it's a good one it's a really really good one and san francisco was bad for a couple years here and it was arizona and seattle battling at the top but this division's pretty damn good guys it's it's a really really good division and i think i don't think either of those teams are going anywhere the one team that's interesting and we'll talk the off season is the la rams because they got a lot they got a lot of let's talk about seattle since we've done that with every team yes the off season what do they need to do I think they got it. Offensive line again. Offensive line, yeah. But, they they did, but for a year seven in a row. But if they stay healthy, the offensive line they put out there was okay. They've got weapons. David Moore can be the three. They yeah. can add another one in the draft. They're, they're fine. I think they've they're got fine running backs, skills, but they've got to build this defense, defense. back Absolutely. up. Yeah, they better draft Here's the thing. You got, well, guys. They got some questions. Now, Ziggy Ansah, not healthy all year. Hadn't no, been healthy his entire player. career. Zidane and Clowney. You're going to pay him $18 million, $20 million a year? Well, you can't let him go. Yeah. You traded for you him. Trade, so, yeah. like, it's like, yeah, I mean, they, they got so many pieces. They got to, they got to add another corner. They got to yeah. add safety help. Bobby Wagner and KJ yeah, Wright are phenomenal, but they're, cool. they're getting older and banged up. You yeah. got to add another young linebacker somewhere. By the way, you probably need to get a little more creative on what you do defensively because you put the same thing out there for 10 years now. And when you don't have leads in the boom and the players yeah. that you had before, it's gonna. Uh, I mean, they put they, when they gave Russell Wilson the contract. Yeah. yeah. They said Russell Wilson's our future, and that's how we're gonna win. They're gonna win a lot of games with him playing quarterback. Of course they are. But they got to get better on defense. They got to. They got to the draft. Cap wise, it's gonna be really interesting to see. They're gonna have to make some serious decisions. Yeah, yeah. they are. Be they really are. interesting offseason for them. You mentioned the Rams. San Francisco still has cap space. Yeah, yeah, which is wild. And the Cardinals have a bunch of cap space, but they got to resign a bunch of their own guys. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens in NFC West. It yeah. really is. But yeah, I mean, Seattle needs to rebuild a lot of the, they need pieces at every level on that defense pretty yeah. much right now. And 
or they're going to be in a shootout with Russell Wilson. They're going to win a lot of close games. Sure, but but, but when you but especially when you're talking about again, but they're going to lose some too. I don't think you win a Super Bowl like that. No, because you're going to run in the same scenario they ran into this year. I don't think San Francisco is going away. So no. whoever loses that battle, you're getting three road games to the Super Bowl. The problem with that is too, you're betting on health, and you're betting on if your offense if you're fully healthy on offense, I'm here for that argument because I think if they have Chris Carson and Rashad Penny and they, they could probably go into green Bay and win that football game and then go to San Francisco and things are with really interesting. With a healthy offensive line and another That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That's what, where you can mess around with the defense not being great because Russell Wilson is that well, that's special. You're, you're but that's that not going to happen. You're fine on that side of the ball if everybody stays healthy. Like Correct. you said, you got Carson, you've got Penny, you've got Will Disley coming back. You've yep. got year two of DK Good Metcalf. Of, Lockett will should be yep. healthier going into next year. Kind of whether it's Jerron Brown or David Moore, somebody you find. You need to add spot. somebody else there. You would like you to, but, to, but you, but you want have Tyler Lockett playing the slot with another outside guy. But yeah. you don't have to spend a lot of money to find that guy. No, no, no you so can. Like, so, you, so you, you can find you can, those little things can be done easily, especially if Chris Carson can f- solve his fumbling problem in the offseason, yeah. or at least limit it a little bit. Go to whatever school Tiki Barber went to in two thousand three when he would, couldn't f- fumble every six seconds, and then. <laughs> Have that total, oh, like, man. but yeah, I just to me they're going to still be in this battle with San Francisco, and I don't think either one of those two teams are going to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl. No, they they this year it was a definitive that getting the one seed versus the five was a dramatic difference, a dramatic difference, Sorry. and they could have used probably. Could you please repeat what you said? Oh, apparently, does, does Siri have a, a, apparently a, Siri is talking to us on the podcast. She's uh, really, he is really excited over there. I seem to be having oh. trouble hearing yeah. you. Yeah, all right, Siri. We're going to turn you off over there because uh, I don't really know what we said that got her all worked up. But uh, that was interesting. Way to end the podcast. Yeah. Jake, any parting thoughts on today's podcast? I cannot believe we're going in a championship weekend. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But I love... I, I love the rematch. We'll talk about it later in the week, but yeah. I guarantee you this game in San Francisco is not like we saw earlier in the year with Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers and Niners. Yeah, it's good. Phenomenal. One. What Tennessee has done and got hot as the wild card with a team and really well coached. I, I've really become a fan of, of Rabel for the last two years. And then Mahomey, the best quarterback <laughs> in football at home, Arrowhead. It's just what it's going to awesome, be excellent. It's going to be awesome excellent. weekend of games coming up. I just can't believe we're out here. It's crazy. But yeah. what a playoff so far. Yeah, it's been really it's been really exciting top to bottom. I mean, we've only really had one-ish bad game. Uh, by the way, I keep forgetting we got the national championship tonight. Yeah, yeah well, and by that the should way, be spectacular yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. I'm really looking forward to watching the two potentially the first overall draft pick in this draft and potentially <laughs> next year's first overall pick in these two quarterbacks. So if you're a NFL fan and maybe you don't watch a ton of college football, tonight would be one of those nights where you should Oh, watch. there's 30 dudes. Oh, yeah, and, that's and what I say. 30 there's dudes in the next three or four years that are going to be on the field tonight. Better, that's going to be on the field tonight. Jamie, any parting thoughts? I don't. I mean, my parting thoughts is I'm, I just can't wait for championship weekend. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. There's so many storylines there. I've done – in the last – Three months on a complete 180 on the Titans. That was a team I avoided. I thought was always like they're not going to go anywhere with Mariota. And now with Derrick Henry running the way they are, they have the offensive line playing as well. Tannehill being extremely efficient. He's been one of the, probably the most efficient quarterback in the NFL since he took over as a starter. Uh, I'm really excited to see that and see. Look, I, I he also made big plays at big clutch he does. moments. Yep. He does. Yeah, he's not game managing. He's no, making he's big plays when he needs. I got one one other thought because I watched both of those teams live, and after the Tennessee game, I was like, eh, they're okay. Defense isn't what I thought it was. It's okay. I don't think I gave the Bucks enough credit. Tennessee's pretty damn good. Yeah. The yeah. Texans have their deficiencies, but they're pretty good. And the Bucks spotted them both 14 points, and yeah. they kicked the hell out of them. So maybe it was like, okay, they're better than average, but I don't think I gave the Bucks enough credit for what they could have been without no. all the turnovers. Yeah. It was like, okay, 
Yeah, the Texans. I still think the Titans are are better than the Texans, and that definitely down the stretch. And I, yeah. I said that a bunch, but maybe I didn't give the Bucks enough credit for how well they played at times. Both of those teams are pretty solid, but Tennessee got better and better and better. Then they got hot, and then they kept getting better. Yeah, yeah. and they know who they are, and they're really, really well coached. I think the big thing for all of us is this offseason. We talked about the fact that our big thing with the Titans was: will they actually make the move from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill? Because I think if we all agreed at the beginning that. This was the move they had to make. And unfortunately for I them... I can't believe it took six weeks, but you yeah. still got to give them credit but for making the move. You have to give them credit for making the move and then sticking with the move. Just going going all in. And, and honestly, watching Marcus, he has had... the When we talk about bad body language, he's had handled this situation with the most he's grace. Class. He's a great kid. I mean, he just had injuries, and he's not a great quarterback, but he's a great person. He's an awesome human being. Yeah. Class. I hope he'll, he'll probably play another 10 years as a great oh, backup I was somewhere. Say, Absolutely. And I hope he gets some other type of opportunity. Go to New England. Yeah. Like, go somewhere else like that. Like, I mean, there's, there's no... Yeah, go somewhere where you can sit and get fully healthy yeah. and go get a new perspective on things. I think he'll still be fine. Yeah. He'll ever be a starter again. But he's a great dude. Yeah, yes. he's a great dude. They, I'm glad you pointed that out because, like, this is not an easy situation. No, he was, he was drafted to there. be that dude. Yeah. And now Ryan freaking Tannehill is the guy that we're talking about. I mean, yeah. let's like, – that's Ryan Tannehill, by the way, is a very talented guy that was a first-round pick. Yeah, so it's not forget. like it was like a seventh-round. No, but it's last year – Cousins becoming the 100%, dude a fifth-round pick. But the conversation surrounding Ryan Tannehill the last two seasons, specifically the way Miami handled oh, everything – sure. That's I think that that's what we should take away. That's my parting thoughts is the the you should it, what what Ryan Tannehill is doing should prove to you how toxic what was going on in Miami was. Not anymore. Brian Flores, I think they're changing the culture, everything's in a good direction. Yeah. But Ryan Tannehill, Devontae Parker, Kenyon Drake, all the things that Jamie brought up, it wasn't a great what was going on in Miami. And hopefully Brian Flores and company can get that kind of steered in the right direction because a lot of people are having a lot of success now that they're not dealing with uh, what was happening in Miami. And, and like my one last point to sign off on, this is something that other teams can replicate. Now, no, sure, you're not going to just find somebody like Ryan Tannehill all the time. But having a veteran presence behind a young quarterback that has been shaky for you, hello, Chicago. No, thank you. But, but there are a few other places that that applies to, too. There's nothing wrong with spending up a little bit of money, especially if you have the, actual, the cap space to do it because your, rookie, your quarterback's on a rookie contract. Andy Dalton better be in Chicago or I ride. Yeah, you need That's to all have, I'm saying. Give yourself that, be in Los Angeles. Give yourself that option. Yeah, give me – Give yourself that yes. chance that if things, go, if things continue to go bad, that you can make a change in early October and save your season. Yep. It, again, to expect it to go – is. Equally as well as this went, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Of course. It. But give yourself an opportunity. If you have a young quarterback that is struggling, you can do this. Don't just go like, well, screw it. We'll see what happens this year and lose a whole season if things go bad. You can't afford that in the NFL. Just just so, just so, hope you're listening, Matt. Uh, Jake, how can you uh, – how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDM Fantasy underscore and at TDM Fantasy on Instagram. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.